Hey, you've got Oz in your ears. It's 4th of Julie, just a day before Independence from America Day. Welcome to Radio Free Oz. I'm one of your hosts, Peter Bergman, down here in Los Angeles by the marina. And up there at the top of the West Coast is David Osmond in Whidbey Island in beautiful Blue U Studios. And how are you doing, Dave? I'm fine. I'm here in the upper left-hand corner of everybody else's country. Uh-huh. And it's a beautiful day. Um, it, they say the 4th of July is going to be a beautiful day. Uh, and we hope so, because we would like to have a beautiful day for the 4th. A lot of people up here this weekend uh, on the island and out and about. Um, a clear day, blue skies, everything w- fine with the Everything is stopping except the Senate, Pete. Yeah, right. Now, the well, Senate now, now- has to, it can't go home. Well, do you know why, David? Do you know something? <laughs> they, I'll, let's I'll see. Tell you they can't look, go home because their mommy hates them. No, what? Well, their mommy does hate them. You know, I, because I they know. are. Who can blame her? They've set another record, this wonderful Congress. They have passed fewer bills since the beginning of our session than any Congress in the history of this great United States. Really? Do you know how many bills they've passed <laughs> since they went back into session sometime in January? 18. And of those, most of them are naming buildings, okay? Naming <laughs> the the buildings. senator, the senator, the, the, the former senator so-and-so building, right? Exactly, yeah, right? Yeah, really? So, yeah, and here we are. Here we are in the midst of all this Michigas, okay? And these bozos, are mainly led by the uh, NOP, you know, the Just Say No Party, because the Democrats have a lot they'd like to get done. They just can't get it through the bleeping house. And so there's nothing happening, and we're, we're about to go into some sort of default, and I, I will not troll the wall, but everybody knows we are sinking slowly into our own Doodorama. Well, and, you, you know, you know, tr- this particular woe has been trolled uh, during the week preceding the Fourth of July. It was the yeah. only topic available on the air anywhere was how we are or aren't going to raise the debt limit and how much that's going. I mean, I, I've truly heard apocalyptic stories. If they yeah. don't raise the debt limit, suddenly the United States becomes Greece. Uh-huh. And you can and you can just wash that grease right off your hands too. Now right. it's not a problem. We 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 join the great panoply of default of de- defaulting states or soon to be defaulting states. You have Greece, Portugal, Ireland, Spain, soon Italy, and now the United States. Except it's all smoke and mirrors, Dave. Well, because uh, the fact is, the fact is, is that you don't have to raise the debt limit to pay bills. The 14th Amendment says nothing can stand in the way of honoring federal debt. This is all a, you know, this is all a charade. And if, the, and if they refuse to come to terms on this, we can continue to pay off our T-bills, and there's nothing that the NOP can do about it except take it to court. Yes, it will royal the markets, but we will. I mean, look, we're worth $80 trillion, okay? We've got plenty of stuff back in that paper. Ah, ah, well, that, 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 that was the issue of the week. And so, you know, if, if that's all they've got to talk about, and that's all they've got to... Uh, you, you know, the, the other thing was, uh, is Obama being strong enough? Apparently, he said, you know, he raised his voice. 
Well, he, he, he said his children get their homework done a day ahead of time, and the Congress is going to have to stay over the 4th of Julie weekend and do their home. Finish your homework, or you can go home. Well, they're not going home. They're going to set off the fireworks without them. Well, I, okay, the, the, the Democrats come to the Republicans and say, all right, we'll cut another trillion dollars worth of uh, benefits and programs and whatever, you know, uh, out of the 12% of um, monies that doesn't go to fighting wars or putting people on iron lungs. And in exchange, we'd like to put it, you know, we'd like to come back with about $400 billion worth of tax-based revenue. And here's how we'd like to do it. First of all, um, we think that just because you spend 14 days in your yacht a year, you shouldn't be able to declare that your second home and take off the mortgage and deduct the mortgage payments. That's what happens right now, right? So if you're ultra rich and you pee in place there for 14 days over a calendar year, you get to take off all the mortgage payments on your boat as a deduction. Do you think of that? Isn't that wonderful? I got to go get me a boat in that case. Yeah, Yeah. right. Yeah, okay. No, of course. And all of that is, you know, is peanuts relatively, some salted, some not salted, but but it has no real effect on the big budget terms, which maybe, maybe we're going to start talking about. The other event of the week was the change of command as the CIA becomes more militarized. Yes. Uh, we now have Petraeus at the CIA and uh, what's his name um, from California? Oh, the other P. The other yeah. guy. <laughs> yeah. Padillo, p- p- yeah. uh, Putzhead, uh, whatever his he, name he's is. He's been yeah. around a long time, actually. He's yeah. Been, he's been around in many administrations. What uh, he's doing as the Secretary of Defense, I don't know. It almost makes you yearn for Gates, who at least stood up and said, this isn't working, guys. Well, but it's, you know, he's was with the CIA, so it's like trading around. Except that's true. The Gates was at the CIA, wasn't he? Yeah, oh my yeah, God. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh I mean, it's God. all it's all invested with. Ever since nine uh, eleven, uh, we've had a the the conspiracy to um, focus the security, internal security, the American the security of America itself uh, by way of the military. And well, you, the military used to go other places. I mean, they're still going other places. All the time, David. B- by drone now. By yeah, drone, drone now. Yes, right. Yeah, yeah, take the drone, leave the boys at home, right? Now the drones are attacking people not only in Yemen, but now they're attacking people in Somalia, okay? The drones are now officially in Somalia. And after the drones knock people out who are what? These are Al-Qaeda-type connected characters who really threaten me here in Marina del Rey. I wake up in the morning and go, there's a Somalian at my door. I know it. Wait a minute. That's a Somalian. That's a Somalian submarine that's just right off the coast there. There it is, yeah, flashing. And, and, you know, all the Somalian uh, uh, truck farmers here in in California are signaling to them. (laughs) That's right. That's right. There's going to be a barrage at any time. I'll tell you, take those those Somalian truck farmers and put them in prison. Yeah, inter them. Inter them. Inter them. About two feet deep, just so they can't move. So here's the deal, though. After we send in the the drones and they hellfire a series of people who are identified from millions of miles away by, by some Dexy Red Bull speeded up asshole in Las Vegas, right? Which is where they're doing the joysticking, 
Then our American troops go in and pick up the bodies. In other words, there is no sovereignty in Somalia. America can do as they wish. You know, bomb them, go in, pick up the bodies, bring them back. It's the new body count, right? You have to you have to fly in at a distance and pick up the people that your drones killed. David, it's wicked. For it's wicked. However, however, uh, there's uh, it's clear that Gaddafi is now going to strike back at NATO for and said uh, that it was perfectly good to bomb civilians and women and children in their homes because that's what NATO was doing. You know, I mean, if you're bombing from high altitudes, you're going to kill people who are not connected. Yeah, right. Uh, exactly. This started in about 19, what, 42, 43? If oh, you, no. If you, if you really bomb, you know, from high altitudes, well, they learned in the Second World War, you couldn't really bomb from high altitudes. Yeah, that's that, what they that's were talking about, how safe it was to be up at, uh, you know, a couple of miles up. Well, you know, yeah. you're targetability now of course they've got pinpoint targetability but what does that mean in oh, a mean, land of of, <laughs> of clay built of you know mud buildings and it's pinhead uh, you know it's, it's rather than pinpoint it's it's well, yeah bomber harris back in world war ii and curtis lemay oh, yeah. and all those people basically in fact they admitted that halfway through the war they were bombing german cities strictly to break morale hamburg you know dresden Cologne, a lot of that was not military. So now, in the Senate, we're, we're talking, in the Congress, we're screaming, we don't have enough collateral, but we have plenty of collateral damage. Do you think we could, like, back our bonds with collateral damage? That's Here's good. a thought. That's good. That's, I like that. That's, that's good. Yeah. 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 yeah, the collateral damage uh, payoff program. Yeah, right. You know, you come in and you give them your bonds for $1,000 and you get $1,000 worth of collateral damage. Look, six arms and a head. All right? Yeah. Can't cap, keep the cap and trade. <laughs> yeah, turban and trade. Turban and trade. There <laughs> turban we go. Well, no, yeah, it's, 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 isn't it just because we're really not where we should be or else – there's something wrong with both military programs, both nation building by Marines, which is essentially yeah. an oxymoron, mm -hmm. and and, uh, uh, and pinpoint targeting via drones. Well, it, as our two methods of of uh, waging waging war, it's either this conciliatory war where we're really really nice good guys and we're really there to protect, you know, to make sure that women can go to school. Mm -hmm. Which is a perfectly reasonable thing for people to to do, I suppose. But not our responsibility. On but a not huge our job. You know, I, I'm sure there are, there are a lot of Mormons who would who would take over that responsibility, and that would be just fine. And the girls could go to school in Afghanistan well, or wherever it is. One of the things that the world learned, and the Vietnamese were the first to take advantage of it, is that America is very chary of any casualties. We one guy gets killed, it's a huge deal. To oh, us. more and more I, and more so. Yeah. And more and more so. So therefore, since we, we refuse to take casualties and we will not have a general draft so that the actual population has to decide whether to send their sons and daughters into danger, right, we have this this so-called volunteer army, drones, all of this special equipment so that, you know, we lose not 
tens of thousands of people, not even, th well, we, learn, we leave thousands of people over a year, you know, but in, in exchange, we take out 100,000 people. So it's still body count. And, you know, the, the army is becoming, or the military is becoming more and more these special groups, right? SEALs and uh, uh, black ops. You know, it's all a video game now. There's no longer that big sweep of, of, you know, of infantry soiling their pants as they as they creep towards Berlin. It's now all specialty stuff, Dave. Yeah, it's like the medical profession. You know, there's guys who will take out your teeth, you know, paste over your scars, take out your teeth, you know, whatever you want. You know, we can we, we can handle it. Make, make your forehead broader or... Oh, wait a minute. You want, you're, that's the left side of your mouth? Yes. I'm going to have to send you over to my associate. There we go. Right. There's, yep. the, uh, there's the left side associate in the right. Yeah. I, there's a piece in the, in the Times uh, about military chaplains. Yeah. You know, special forces military chaplains who, uh -huh. who go to these horrific places, not for very long, three months. I mean, how would you like to be in some forward base in Afghanistan for three months, and all you could do really is offer people a, a cup of the Savior's blood? You know what I'm saying? I mean, and my my what? uncle was known as the Flying Rabbi in World War II. Okay, really? okay, See, yes, Malcolm Stern, my very gentle uncle, right, was a chaplain, a Jewish chaplain in World War II. And he flew into the North African campaign from site to site to do religious services under fire, crashed, and had put a big plate in his head. He was a hero. There was something going on. You know what I mean? You couldn't stay three months in any one place because the war moved, okay? You were actually looking to take over territory, not to shoot people who have put down their opium poppy rakes long enough to shoot back. It's, yeah. it's not... It's not war. Not that I am extolling war. Not that like there's a good idea of war, but you only enter that that hellish state when there's really danger and really something to protect. You know, you've got Hitler and Tojo looking over at you. You got to do something about that. In the but, in in the meantime, this has now become one of the hardest countries to get into in 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 the world in the eurozone you can still you know go from one country to another without embarrassing your, yourself in front of uh, an x-ray machine yeah it's, it's, here you know you're put in a separate line of course if you're not a citizen here so you can be insulted as you're going through i remember go, getting into england there's this attractive young women sitting there and say oh yes sir. where are you going uh -huh. And right, right, right on with it. You know, they're all helping. They're, they're they're helping yeah. Greece. You know, wouldn't it be nice? Let's say if um, Iowa would help, or New Jersey would help Iowa, or you know, we could have these inter interstate uh, fraternal help organizations. Well, I've got a, that's a good idea. Kansas, thanks yeah. to Senator now Governor Brownbeck, has. has Close down all but one abortion clinic in the entire state by by propagating a new set of impossible to to handle rules for clinics and giving them two weeks to do it. Uh, and actually, uh, uh, there's an injunction against it right now. But when they get when they when that happens, there'll be one Planned Parenthood branch left in all of Kansas. So I suggest mm -hmm. that abortion doctors and nurses from New York and New Jersey go to Kansas. And, you know, abortions, park and lock it. Do it, you know, just just set it up. 
okay? And let, let the fur fly. Yeah, that's what they're doing, man. You, know, you can't get an abortion in Kansas except one place, the whole state. Well, that's probably, probably this, there are places where the medical care is farther away than the state line, you know? And, uh -huh. and uh, of, of course, everybody knows by now that Planned Parenthood does a lot more than, than that. And, of course. Uh, and doesn't of ask course. you humiliating, embarrassing, insulting, and un-American questions as you're going about your business. Yeah, doesn't try to pray you out of women's choice or homosexuality. Let's get down on our knees and let's just pray this evil instinct to lose your child or, or, or marry the same sex out of you. I know we can do it if you just get down with me. Um, that's that's Michelle Bachman's husband, of course. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, she's she's been absurd. She's, you know, she's creating uh, risibilities uh, every week, Michelle. It's nice to have her in the campaign just because it it lends a little craziness. What, yeah. what was it? The, uh, the, um, the authors of the Constitution worked as hard as they could to eliminate slavery, I think, is yeah, right. Thomas so, Jefferson. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Yeah. And all those people. I mean, the only ones that didn't really have slaves were all those crazy guys from Massachusetts, the Adamses, you know. There, there, were, there were slaves in the state, but they just couldn't imagine it. They were real radical Protestants. But I will say this, man, down there in Virginia, Madison and Jefferson and a couple of other of those dudes were the ones that really worked for religious freedom. The disestablishment of church and state was their baby. You know, that that wasn't a big issue up in Massachusetts, you know, so we can thank them for that. Let's see. Oh, Dave, Dave, uh, the, the population, as you know it and I know it, uh, is changing in a way so radically. I, I, I just read a, an article from the Census Bureau. They've done a projection of the world in the year 2050. So I'm going to give you a little pop quiz, okay? Ready? Okay. What what will be the most populous populous country in 2050? India. Right. Ooh, good. Who will be second? Got to be China. Right. Who will be third? United States. You're, you're a winner, man. You should be on my game show. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. And in fact, and, and Russia right. is, is, is dying. Japan is going into the dumper. I mean, they're just disappearing. But yes, the United States will be, the remain for the next 40 years, as it has been forever so long, the third most populated country in the world. But here's the change. One out of every two children Okay, ready? Under the age of two is a minority, is an ethnic minority. One out of every One out two. of every two under the age of two. Okay? So the way this country works in terms of the power it gives to the young to, to market and to lead the way, in a decade and a half, most of, you know, most of the buying power will be in the hands, or certainly most of the act power will be in the hands of... Uh, you know, ethnic minorities. In fact, they'll become minorities. And here's the other thing. Here in this lovely state of California, the average Anglo is 10 years older than the ethnic minority. 10 years older. So we're on the way out. Goodbye. So long. And you know what? 
the Republicans refuse to deal with it. They well, are becoming more and more anti-immigrant and anti, you know, anti-everything, and they're going to lose the entire electorate. It's the well. That's it's the immigration policy is reflects the uh, the the change in uh, ethnicity in the country. Um, it's obviously the reconquest of the United States by Mexico, in part, um, yeah. oh. because those were the states they had anyway. They're they're a, a natural extension uh, geographically of. Uh, Mexico, certainly the yeah. Sonoran Desert and the, you know, Tucson and all of that, a whole area. Yeah, well, well it's, it's New Mexico, it's, California, yeah, yeah, yeah Arizona. Arizona. California, California, come on, California was entirely uh, uh, Mexican, Spanish, Mexican. Yeah. But and David, and was, it was a, was a part of Mexico. So it's, it's logical to think of uh, it returning to uh, a, quote, minority's hands. Don't you but think? it's not only here, David. There's huge ethnic inroads, to which I completely support. Is that inroads? I don't mean to give that a pejorative connotation. I love it in Minnesota and Kansas and Iowa, all over the country, because the immigrant families they want to work. Okay, they are work oriented and will go where the work is, which the Anglo's really don't. You know, the Anglos basically still believe in this idea of exceptional entitlement. When I taught Hispanic kids after school in the L.A. school system, one of the things I noticed was the lack of entitlement. They were happy to have and to get anything, you know, that they felt was positive and improving, particularly the, the, the uh, Hispanic girls. And they were just so sharp and so on, you know, and there was no sense of this. Um, I'd go into a valley school, which was almost, you know, more than 50% Anglo and, 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 uh, and Persian, and they were just completely entitled. I had, to, you know, I had to get them to stop texting while I was talking to them. And they were texting to people in the same class. Now, yes, that, that's that's the 21st century, Pete. I, I, that's so 21st century. I think we have to take a pause here. Well, let's take a pause. Let's let's get a lovely song from one of our favorite groups, uh, Maloney's Own Western Heroes.
stomach, you began to shiver. We're waiting for the sun, you know that Sunday sun. Then we'll go marching, baby, one by one. I start by calling you. 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 But you watch them when they go You stare into their eyes And everybody knows That the fire in their hearts Is theirs alone You never see them coming But you watch them when they go I start by calling you 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 Fabulous drums are our own Dave Maloney. So, uh, hey, you've, you've had him in your ears again. Say, uh, Dave, I went up on the um, server and, and finally got a chance to investigate the analytics. I was kind of shut out for some reason. They were going through some sort of brouhaha. Do you know that we have a 1,000 people podcasting us a day? We're getting over 7,000 podcasts a week. And that's really heartening. But it does bring to to, to, to mind the fact that we're, I mean, as of, of, by our official announcement, tomorrow, meaning the 5th, is the end of our summer fund drive, and we have not come to within 50% of our goal. We're a little over $1,300, which means a 1,000, it, it, that represents just a little over the number of people who podcast us in a single day, you know? So that if, if we have a 1,000 regulars out there and they were to each give us $2, we'd be doing better now. Thank God for the people that have been sending us 50 and 100 and 200. Everybody else is believing in the free lunch. Come on, people. Yeah, Come yeah, on. yeah. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. My wife, who is naive about these things, says, why don't you charge people to download it? You got a 1,000 people a day downloading it. Charge them 99 cents. You'll be in the black. We'll be able to pay the rent. Come on. But as 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 those who are in the know, like yourself, Bergman, explain, yeah. 
we don't charge for this. It's like public radio, right? You, That's what it is. Podcasts are, are as close as ever to public radio. You don't charge for a podcast. I mean, you could get, we could put advertisements in the podcast. If, if anybody wants to advertise on Oz, just go up on the site and give us a give us an email. We'll figure something out, but we're not charging for the podcast themselves. That's just not the way it's done. I suppose if we were doing um, stock tips, right, or if we were giving gambling tips, like wanted to talk dirty, then we'd charge for it. But since we're just being high end surrealists and and social critics and just just interesting conversationalists, if I can blow our horn, it's for free. But you got to pay. you got to contribute. You'll love it. You'll feel good. You know how to use PayPal. Five bucks, ten bucks, come on. All right. I don't want to like, what do they call it in Yiddish? A schnorrer? That's someone who begs, right? I don't want to do too much snoring over the air. But we need your help, okay? I just want to let everybody know. And, and well, and thank you to the thousand people who download us every every day. Yes, I, I've been told I was uh, fairly impassioned last week. I don't feel quite as impassioned this week. I, it's been it's not been a week that would just drive you over the brink. But I, you may have a story that takes me there. I'm not sure, Pete. Well, David, you know I've been talking about the fact that all of these, you know. People, all these pundits and economists who have had these rose-colored glasses surgically attached to their faces, I haven't noticed the fact that the states, the United States states are on the brink. Minnesota is down. They closed down as of Friday, and they aren't even going to be able to talk about it until Tuesday. They've closed all of their state parks down over the 4th of July weekend. Hey, that's fun, right? We're going to take Johnny and Jaime and, you know, and Abdul out to the park, and guess what? It's closed because Smokey the Bear ain't getting his, or at least a Minnesota's Smokey the Bear ain't getting a paycheck. So, And there's nobody there to protect you from the bees and the birds and the bears. And and yeah, you know right behind them. Yeah, why, I know. But why 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 do they start with the with the with the parks? Because well, of course. because there's no because the bears don't vote. Exactly, and because you always always start with the people who are the most vulnerable because they don't vote and they don't talk. But Minnesota is not the only ones right behind them, right on the edge in the eleventh hour of their negotiations. And it's always the Republicans saying you can't raise any revenue and you've got to cut programs. I mean, these people are ayatollahs. I, I got to. I've got to. I mean, I, I'm in awe of how how they have how they're sticking to their guns. Yeah, yeah. I wish, I wish their guns were f- turned around. I think this is called st- the uh, the audacity of dopes. I think that's yes. But there it is, and you know, without they're not breaking. And right now, Iowa, Oregon, Delaware, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, and Massachusetts may soon be following in Minnesota's path. You know, and that's and that means also. Do you know that 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 these people can't raise money with their municipal and state bonds. Nobody wants to buy them. You know, it's like Greece. They're having as much trouble as Greece out on the market. They're having to pay huge interest rates, which means they they can't, you know, uh, stay afloat with those bonds unless they cut more services. I tell you, it's 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 really serious, Dave. And, and you know, I don't have an answer per se. 
But thirty years uh, ago, it, we we did a play. The Fireside Theater did a, did a play back in nineteen eighty uh, called "Destroying the Cities in Order to Save Them." Yes, yes. Uh, but Billville. It was the original Billville piece, right? Destroying right, exactly. the cities, big, big, big. Everything, big, big, big. Yeah, is, steroids, yeah. steroids in the water, big, yeah. big, big. And uh, but that's 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 the way it is. Destroying the states in order to save them from what? Mm, too many public parks, too many bathrooms that you can stop at when you get off the road. I mean, what's that? What is the point? It would, well, I, I, I don't have really anybody that I know that I could sit down and say, what's the point to? Well, T-Paul doesn't, doesn't stop by my house. These, these people don't. Well, you presidential. Hey presidential candidates coming to Washington State? Excuse me. Nobody yeah. comes up here. Oh, Seattle, they'll visit because there's a bunch of billionaires there, but that's it. You know, this, just to get Iowa, we'd have, they'd be living in Clinton. They'd be, you know, yeah. they'd, be, they'd be up and down the island all the time if this were Iowa. Yeah, yeah. And but we're more is. heavily populated than most of Iowa at that. Well, here's the thing, David. They just did a poll. The Marists. Now, the, these are these are papists, but they're they're pretty legitimate, straightforward papists. Okay. okay. And their latest poll said that only 58 percent of the people surveyed. This is a Fourth of Julie poll. Okay. Yeah. Only 58 percent of those surveyed know that the United States declared its independence in 1776. Well, 26% were unsure, and 16% mentioned another date, like 1976 or, you know. So, also shocking, 24% don't know from which country the United States declared its independence. A quarter of the people in this country, at least if you want to use this poll as some sort of a gold standard, don't know who we declared ourselves independent from in 1776. What do they think it was? China? Russia? Saudi Arabia? The moon? (laughs) Well, (laughs) leave leave it to a bunch of papists to come up with a statistic like that. No, that's uh, that's I I think it's (laughs) this is the success of no child left behind. Because if we concentrate entirely on uh, the uh, enough arithmetic so they can get a job programming something or making something that requires more than just simply hand-eye coordination, you know what I mean? Uh, uh, So they've got got math and they've got science so they can go into nursing, you know, and other profit-making American professions of the 21st century. Uh, a teacher friend of mine, teacher friend of mine, just said that in some schools they've stopped uh, teaching handwriting. They don't teach cursive anymore. Oh, well. so that means that yes. means people they, they become not only you know they become in, it, illegible. It's the illegible generation. If you can't get your hands on a keyboard, you write it out. Well, what does that say? You know, what yeah, no, both, but neither of my sons uh, can write legibly at all. And they do oh. all of their correspondence, of course, by keyboard, uh, yeah. one one way or another. I hated cursive back when it was uh, popular so in the not, in the old so days. Not. But what I learned, yeah, this is what I learned. I learned by watching mostly uh, the Japanese kids in high school oh. with me, who yeah. could uh, um, uh, print as beautifully as as calligraphy. Oh, it was just great, beautiful printing. And so I learned to print, and that's the way I took all my college notes, was printing. By print? Yeah. You printed? 
And I, I could print slower. faster. Uh-huh. Well, I could print faster than I could write, more legibly. Uh, more legibly than I sure. could write, you know. And you could make those awful things you have to make in college, you know, as a A, one, two, three, four, B, or one, A. I don't even remember how to do that. Now, David, I yes. have discovered a very another very interesting voice. Uh, by the way, I recommend AsiaTimes.com to anybody that wants to get into a, a lot of the, the issues that affect the world today and a lot of stuff about America that you can't read about in our newspapers because the Asia Times really lets these people write long articles, okay? It's just the way they are. There is this book review of this guy named Chandran Nair, and he's the author of Consumptionomics. Consumptionomics, okay? And basically, he's it's about Asia's role in reshaping capitalism and saving the planet. And what's interesting about what he's saying is, you know, most of the world, particularly the 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 non-American part of the non-Western part of the world, because they are the you know, they're only a, a generation or two away from colonialism, have taken the Western model as being the way to go. He said, this is changing. He said, the market is going, the, the primary market is going to be Asia, and Asia is going to deal with capitalism differently from the way that we deal with capitalism. And he said, the major, and this guy's not an anti-capitalist, he's a, he's a businessman, but one of the things he said that really struck was, Corporations don't deal with the externalities of their operations, i.e., the impact it has outside of their balance sheet is of no interest and has no cost accounting. All right? It's all it's all bottom line. And he said this will not continue. He said now China can deal with it more easily than, say, India because China has this basically non-representative, totalitarian, central state government. So they can say, okay, everybody's got to have solar power and everybody has solar power. In, in India, they say, okay, everybody, unless it's against one of your 18 religions, can have solar power. And then they vote about it and somebody gets shot. So it's not as, you know, <laughs> That's democracy. Have, that's democracy <laughs> for you, baby. But this is really interesting, this idea of externalities. I know other people have brought it up, but... Well, yeah, it's at it's at the base, isn't it? At the base of of federal regulations is a yeah. recognition of the impact of what it is you do and how it is that you do it. Uh, yeah. I, I think the 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 broadest effect of such laws used to be don't spit on the sidewalk. Right, because it's unhealthy. Because right. it's now, unhealthy. That was the first social legislation. Right, don't yeah, no spitting. If you spit on the sidewalk in Singapore, they will cane you. Do you know that? Yeah. If you put chewing gum on the sidewalk, they will cane you. So they, you know, they, 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 don't, they don't wait, right? They want, it's just like being aboard uh, an English man of war, you know, in the Napoleonic time. You get flogged if you don't do it right. Yeah, I know. And, and you know, we've got all these Republicans saying, oh, regulations are anti-business. No, they're the Commonwealth responding to business that won't take responsibility for the concomitants of their actions. Yeah. It's the just do it people. The, the, I know. Well, it, it, it's, yeah, just do it is fine, but you shouldn't ignore the impact of what it is you do. You can make wonderful uh, 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 tennis shoes in Singapore, but yeah. if, you're, if in Singapore they're exploiting the women who are making your tennis shoes, you're responsible. 
Well, of course you you're are. We responsible. Got, and there's oh, no yes. there's and there's no regulation about that either. There's no federal no, no. regulation keeping slave labor from making your shoes. Well, we've tried. The unions have actually tried in the in in the um, you know free market uh, you know open market agreements to say, look, we you cannot bring products in that are being first of all produced by convicts. That's easier to get that one through. Okay? Yeah, yeah. And then by child labor, that's a little, that's not impossible. But once you start talking about weight non living wages, nah, nobody wants to talk about that. No, I'm sorry, one person's non living wage, another person's you know big surprise of their life. Well, here's here's the question, Pete. The, I mean, the question everybody's been asking, you know, all uh, it's, it's, poor the poor president has been asked this question endlessly, rhetorically by the uh, by the nopers, and that is, uh, why aren't there any more jobs? Yeah, more jobs, Mister President. Now, has any, jobs, Mister President. Has, have any of the nineteen garden gnomes out there who are running <laughs> slowly through the mud for the Republican nomination? Have any of them said, other than not taxing corporations or regulating them, that there is no, any other it. way? Is that it? No, I mean, it's not it. like it. like we should build a highway. Or no. go to the or moon, or, or pay for people to go to college. No, no none of that. None no of that, hiring no. teachers or firemen or useful no, people. No. no, cut taxes and and stop regulating business because it's the regulations that's keeping business from growing. Oh, really? Is it the regulations that are keeping a trillion and a half dollars of solid cash? In the hands of corporations? Well, isn't this is that a question that somebody should start asking the garden gnomes? Is, is, is if you don't like this, what is your program specific? No, no, nobody seems to be asking this question. They're asleep. It's flat screen democracy. Everybody is watching X Games and, and you know, and um, um, dancing with the scars and, and everything else that's going on except facing. Because it's daunting, David. It's really daunting if you want to come to terms with what have I got to do. The stuff I've been dealing with is how am I going to get more out of less? I know the time is coming when there's going to be less available. So how do I start making it possible for me to get more in my life by using less? That's my challenge. And it's daunting. And, you know, and and people are so busy either dumbing themselves down because they're depressed or scrabbling for work that they're not thinking of the bigger issues. It takes leisure time to be political, Dave. I guess you're right about that, Uncle Pete. Yeah, yeah. That's why the middle class has always led revolutions, because they have enough leisure time to think about it. The rich don't care and the poor don't have the time or the education. Yes, if you have some leisure time, you can read a book. And if you've read a book, you know more than you did before you read the book. Right. And I think that, yeah, that's 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 kind of a basic, Amer- uh, at least American educational philosophy is read well, read another book, well, learn you know, something, learn something. It turns out that when times are good, when there's lots of jobs, regardless of the fact that we don't sit down and ask where's all this money coming from, then people have political ideas. That's when they're concerned about global warming. When things get bad and we, we come into this double dipper, people are not concerned about global warming anymore. They don't want to hear about it because they can't find any connection between being concerned and putting energy into that issue and getting a paycheck, right? Or paying the mortgage or paying their medical bills. See what I mean? So, and, and the 
and the, the plutocrats have got them convinced that if you start talking about that, you're lazy and you're, uh, you know, and you don't believe in America and you're stopping business. And, 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 and so they turn from all this and they watch, they watch crap on the wall. Okay. <laughs> slowly, slowly, slowly dripping down. What a terrible yeah. image that is. Yeah, right. It's just big, flat crap on the wall. Well, David, you know, I want to end the show on a high note, okay? I don't want anybody to think that we're just a bunch of depressants. I'd like to end on a high note, too, Pete. No, oh, man. Well, it turns out that scientists have discovered the loudest instinct by body weight in the history of the world. The loudest? This is the loudest this is an instinct that this is an insect that sends out that sings as they say at almost a hundred decibels Ooh. it's like that's like sitting in front of like a front row of a rock concert okay with no plugs in your ears and how does this in this insect is called the oh it's got a it's got a great name the something schmolsky named after someone named Schmoltz, probably, or the, they call it also the water boatman. It does it by rubbing its penis against its body. It's called stridulation, and it seems to attract the female's attention. So this is a technique. <laughs> Excuse me, go ahead. This is a technique for those of you who just can't seem to get pick up anybody in a bar. You know, maybe because you're too noble or because you're too geeky or whatever. Just stridulate. Stridulate. And, you, yeah, you know, the, they told me when I was in school that they were rubbing their legs together. They didn't. Well, crick, yeah, crickets do that, but not the water boatman. No, nope. no. Nope. They His just penis. pull it out and, and... And it's called the singing penis. The okay? singing penis. And it's 100 decibels loud? A hundred decibels. Well, we'll be getting a recording of this for all you folks for next week. Yes, next and week. And we'll just yeah. annoy the hell out of you. <laughs> well, you we can do imagine that, we do that, that penis, without stridulating. Yes. That penis stridulating. Well, I wanted to. It is. I wanted to remind you that the uh, that the inventor of the weed whacker uh, died last week. Uh, no. A man, man named George Ballas. And Mr. Ballas, the inventor of the weed whacker, was actually a ballroom dancer who who owned a gigantic ballroom dancing studio, like 200,000 square feet of dancers. And, yes. And, and he had a garden, and he invented yeah. the weed whacker. And the man is gone, but let's, let's salute him, because otherwise we'd be on our knees with the scissors. We would, indeed. We, you know, whack them weeds, stridulate that garden, man. And you can whack right around the feet of those garden gnomes, and they won't even feel it. Hey, have you got a little? Have you got a little tang for us today? Have I got a little tang? Yes, I do. I do. Uh, 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 Phil, well, <laughs> Phil, while I'm searching, yeah, I do. I always yeah, carry. Well, uh, let me tell you, yeah. I've been re I've been listening to the novels of Patrick O'Brien, the man who writes so fabulously about the English Navy and such. Mm -hmm. And in fact, David, I have discovered now, listening more closely, because a lot of it doesn't take place on ship or battle, that he is Jane Austen. He is absolutely the modern Jane Austen. It's just amazing. Anyway, in one of these books, uh, one of the characters, a young man, uh, disappoints his father in Boston by going off learning Chinese and coming back with his own translation of Li Po. 
So I thought that was really down home, since we're a big Lee Po fan club here. We right? are. We are a yeah. Lee Po fan. Well, we're uh, too Fu, and uh, I've I've got a Lee Ho for you today. He's the Lee uh, Ho today. Yeah, this is uh, we're we're back around to July, and this is his July poem uh, or the fifth month. Yeah, and it goes something like this: Carved yeah. screens of jade on windows, gauze curtains across doorways. Well water drawn at daybreak, mallards and their hens on painted fans, snowy clothes of the dancers in the cool palace halls, sweet dews washing the air, sleeves flying, drops of sweat like beads of grain. Oh, that's isn't that. Isn't that, that pretty? That, that, and that, that was that was written about um, let's say eight oh five, and that's not this morning. That's a no. That's not this morning. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's not this. Morning. I love that. That that's that's quite wonderful. Absolutely, absolutely wonderful. Well, uh, it's been great working with you. And uh, we'll do it again next week. I want to remind everybody to donate, donate, donate. The fund drive ends tomorrow, but that doesn't mean you have to stop. We'll just be able to give you a total. A lot of people gave 50 and more, and they will be getting their premiums, their stickers and their books and their T-shirts. It's going to be just wonderful. Trolling the Woe, Volume 1, will soon be a reality, Dave. So here we go. Here we go. All right. I want to thank you, Dave Osmond. And I want to thank Dave Maloney, and I want to thank Chaz Glass, and uh, Phil Fountain, and Tom Gedwillow, and Scotty Wilde, uh, and myself, thanking myself, Peter Bergman, for making Radio Free Oz available once again. See you next week, and remember, we're all going to get through this together. Hope so. 